Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Oliveira McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. This is your host, Irvin Lee, and I got my co-host, Sarah. Hi, how are you? Hey, Sarah, good to see you today. I'm super excited, but before we get started, I want you guys to please like, share, and comment Go to our YouTube page, and also if you would like to support us because we are sustained by your donations, you can contribute at FromBeerToTheBible.com, FromBeerToTheBible.com. We are super excited about our show today, and the title of the show is The Importance of Love in Recovery from Addiction. The Importance of Love in Recovery from Addiction. Sarah, as we always do, please start us off with the Word of God. We're coming to you from John 4, 7 through 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Mm, Wow, there's a lot to unpack there. And I'm reminded of, we talked a little bit last week about the, the fall of mankind in that when man fell, there were four broken relationships. And the two I want to focus on today is our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God, and also our relationship with self. Because what I realized when I fell into my addiction and then I get into the treatment center was I didn't really I had, I'm going to use the term, I had fallen out of relationship because you got to be in relationship to love somebody. So I'd fallen out of relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then I had a very poor relationship with myself. And to be quite honest, I don't think I really loved myself at that point, right? And those two relationships needed to be repaired. Absolutely. Um, that was the, one of the first things that I learned when I was in treatment was you can't love somebody else unless you love yourself. And that mm-hmm. really, really made me take a deep dive and a look inside to figure out who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first time, you know, I was able to just have some peace and quiet and find Sarah again. And yeah. I didn't know who she was because she had gotten so far from Christ and mm-hmm. she's, she got so far from herself yeah. that in that time, um, that just really struck me. You can't love somebody else until you love yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was probably taught that somewhere along the lines, yeah. but for some reason, you know, when when the blinders came off, that just became very prevalent to me. Who am I? How do I love myself again so that I can love others um, and ultimately love God? And um, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is where was my relationship with Christ? Because it was not non-existent in that time. And so Mm -hmm. I had to anchor myself to the Lord first um, and know him a little bit better for me to allow myself um, to have that love for myself and others. 
Yeah, as I started to assess myself, because you, you really get a good look in the mirror when you're in treatment. And quite literally, honestly, I don't think I had ever, over the course of probably like 10 years, I really never looked myself in the mirror into my eyes yeah. and really took a good look at myself until I was literally brought to my knees through alcoholism that I looked at myself in the mirror and then I said to myself, you don't love yourself, therefore you know you don't love God because you don't have a relationship with God. Yeah. And I think I've said this before, but the enemy came to me and I'll never forget at the height of what I would call my worldly success and said, well, why do you pray? You know, you did this, this is all about you. And that sounded good to me. So I stopped praying and then Therefore, once I stopped praying, because prayer is a conversation with God and the Bible teaches us pray without ceasing. Well, I ceased praying. Mm -hmm. And so my relationship wasn't that God left me. I left God. So through addiction and alcoholism, I started to reestablish my relationship and receive the love of God. And as I started to receive the love of God, I, I, I felt like, okay, this is more than um, an emotion. This is God giving me eternal life. That's my salvation check, great, good. But it also, God through his love is conforming us to the image of Christ. And a part of me being conformed to the image of Christ was God through his permissive will allowed me to fall into alcoholism to really begin to get back in relationship with him and then also to begin praying again. Yeah, and God's love shows up in many different ways. Um, for me, when I first got sober, it was through song. And mm -hmm. one of the biggest things I remember is going back to church after yeah. um, I got sober and really every song, I felt his yeah. presence like in my core. I cried. Yeah. Every worship song made me cry. Yeah. Um, I think about, you know, Amazing Grace. We all love that song. Yeah. We hear it at um, funerals. We hear it at weddings. Yeah. But the words come alive. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Mm. There's no other, I don't, well, I'm sure there are other afflictions, but when you're in the depths of your addiction, to know amazing grace, how sweet the sound saved yeah. a wretch like me, there's something there with the addict, alcoholic, that mm. just, it allows you to have grace and allows you to feel his love and his presence. Yeah. Um, so for me, the, the music thing was a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. I heard the, the sermons and the messages a mm -hmm. lot more clearly. Yeah. Um, prayer became a little bit easier. Um, all of just the things that we were taught to do just mm -hmm. became alive again. And so mm -hmm. um, we were dead and we became alive in that new light in, in recovery and in sobriety. And you know, through that, I think God allowed us to kind of just experience him all over again, experience his love again. Like we have so many of these love relationships yeah. and for us to fall in love with Christ again mm -hmm. is pretty amazing. And we can do that at any time. It doesn't yeah. have to be like we are continuously um, having this journey. You know, we all get lost. Yeah. And when we find him again, he wants to make it this big, like, oh my gosh, he is there. I, I love him. I'm in mm -hmm. love with him. I want more of this. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what he wants in communion with him. Yeah. As, as I think about God, I, I started to think about 
you know, where did I go wrong? And one of the ways that I got lost in the world, its ways, was not understanding the purpose of God's love, right? And, and that was tainted and painted by my worldly relationships, right? My, yeah. With my family, with my friends. Well, we're all human. We make mistakes. So we get disappointed. But God is, God is not a man. The Bible says that he should lie. So I had to really understand the purpose of God's love. I misunderstood it. Therefore, I abused it. Yeah. When you don't understand the purpose of something, you abuse it. So one, I rejected God's unconditional love because I, I felt like um, the spirit of legalism was taken over of I needed to earn God's love. Sure. So when I was good, I felt like, okay, God's pleased. When I was bad, okay, I'm not talking to God. I'm not repenting yeah. God. So I was caught up in this, I'm trying to earn God's love because in a sense, my worldly relationships, I based off my performance, right? Trying to get my mom's approval, my dad's approval, the approval of my friends. And then you factor in the fear that comes in with addiction. I mean, well, that's a lot, right? And, and it's easy to abuse the love. And then, you know, comes the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was like, not only did you abuse uh, God's love, well, you abuse your wife's loves and the love of your family and friends when you're in this addiction. And as you know, man, that's a lot to deal with when you're 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 trying to to get sober. Yeah, and I love how you put legalism in there because that's even to this day, sober 12 years, no Christ, I still have that that fall. I still yeah. feel like I can't live up sometimes. Yeah. And and that's okay, you know, because I know where to turn to when I'm feeling that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, and now it, it's just it's a shorter period of time that I feel like that. Mm -hmm. um, in in my addiction, that guilt and shame is so plaguing yeah. that you don't feel loved. You don't feel loved by others. You don't feel loved by yourself. You don't feel loved by Christ. And you know, it wasn't until I really understood submitting to him humbly, mm -hmm. giving him my suffering, mm -hmm. um, really allowing that to just be laid at the cross. Mm -hmm. Here is my addiction. Here is my alcoholism. I don't know how to do this, Lord. You do. Yeah. When I submitted all of that freely, completely to the Lord is when he started to fill my heart with love again. Mm -hmm. And from there... Um, it like like Anika said in the show it became this love story with yeah. Christ that just continues on to this day yeah well I, I think it's so important when we are in recovery is the consistency of the love that we experience with Christ and the love we experience with ourselves right and for me that's a daily thing and coming to grips with how I felt about myself Actually, it was quite painful. I, I didn't enjoy the process of realizing you don't really love yourself because if you love yourself, you don't abuse yourself, yeah. right? You do not take a drug that you know is essentially killing you and just keep abusing it and expecting a, a different result, which that's that insanity. And having to just come to grips with who I was was painful, a painful process but it, it promoted healing and it, went, it goes back to, if I can't figure out how to love myself and love God, 
then I, I cannot love the others in my life. And to be honest with you, I wasn't doing a good job of, of loving anybody yeah. uh, in my addiction. And even as I came out of it, I had to realize like, I need to, to have my relationship with Christ. I need to solidify that. And that happens through daily rhythm of living. And then I also, as much as I love my wife, I realized, man, you gotta figure out how to love yourself. I know you want to love your wife, but until you can deal with who you are and forgive yourself and deal with that sin and shame, you're not going to be able to love your wife yeah. and others the way they deserve to be loved. And Christ calls us to love others. And that is so hard for me to do because I'm selfish and self-centered at, yeah. at the core. Yeah. And I don't feel sometimes um, the love for myself to be able to love others yeah. well. And and sometimes it's easier for us to love others more than we love ourselves. And so yeah. there's that catch 2020 thing. Um, the absence of God is the root of many of the worldly issues today. Yeah. And so um, we need more more of God's love today than, than ever before. And yeah. so, you know, without, like I said before, being rooted and anchored in that love of Christ, we're going to have we're going to have many problems in this world, especially addiction is just running rampant right now. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it is all rooted in that. Yeah. The, the, when I, when I think about it and I used to do this a lot, if you were, you didn't align with me, you disagree with me, then I would kind of just do this. I just won't deal with you. Yeah. Well, that's not what Christ calls us to do because you, if you remember Christ, was with sinners, was with tax collectors. Yeah. He he says, hey, I came to heal the sick, right? So in a sense, to be honest, we're all sick. We're all dealing with things. We live in a world where they've removed God. And anytime you remove God from a situation, like I did when I was in my addiction, well, you've removed love, yeah. right? God is love. So if you look at our world, it's broken relationships and it's a lack of love, which is God. Yep. And, and then we wonder why tr uh, trials, tribulations, issues, addictions come and we have no way to cope because we have no love, which is no God. And we spiral ourselves into addiction and things that are detrimental to us spiritually, mentally, and physically. And I think it's really hard to be a Christian, you know, it, oh. it takes work and people yeah. don't want to work for those yeah. things anymore. Yeah. And that's what I've learned having this newfound relationship with Christ is yeah. it takes a lot of work to get to where I need to be, yeah. whether it's fulfilled yeah. um, by God's grace, God's love. It takes work. And some days are better than others. Yeah. Sometimes I'm really in the word and I'm feeling <laughs> really great about myself. Other days, lately, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 allowing me not to love others the way he wants me yeah. to love. It's allowing um, you know, the enemy to tell me things like, you don't need to go minister to other people. What do <laughs> yeah. you know? You don't know anything. I mean, yeah. I kind of, I know addiction and I yeah. know that really well, but not everybody is suffering with an addiction. And it's like, how do I be in these other circles and still yeah. know what I'm talking about, know how to love people, um, know whenever it's, I just need to be quiet and still and mm -hmm. um, kind of just listen to somebody or um, pour into somebody. Yeah. I for you and I, and we, you, you talked about it earlier, selfishness and self-centeredness. I have to get out of here because nothing good happens in my head. 
and go and, and, and serve and worship and fellowship with others. That's when I'm at my best. Now, what I have to realize too is don't do that in my own power because innately who I am is I'm, I'm probably more of an intro, introvert. I'm probably, believe it or not, quiet and I'm okay being by myself. None of that makes uh, great for fellowship, right? Yeah. Now, when I fellowship and I fellowship in the power of the Holy Spirit and I'm resting in him to do it, it's not taxing. But when I try to do it because of those defects that God's still working out of me, it's very fatiguing. Yeah, and I was actually an extrovert and I need people to feed me. But during my addiction, I was too shame I was too full of shame yeah. to be able to go out and allow people to see me for what I had become because yeah. I knew I was doing wrong. I yeah. knew I looked <laughs> like a person <laughs> that needed to stay in her house. I yeah. was yellow, I was, you know, jaundiced, yeah. I was, you know, I didn't have food properly. Yeah. I wasn't oh. taking care of myself. Who knows when the last time I had a bath was. <laughs> I didn't want to be around people because my shame and my guilt was too much to handle. Yeah. And so whether you are an introvert or an extrovert, um, that sin of, of addiction is going to keep you from God's love. Yeah, it will, it will keep you from God's love and it will hold you captive and prisoner to where you are, right? We get in dread and fear and we're paralyzed and we don't do anything. And you say, well, I'll just keep drinking. And that doesn't help. And one of the things the Lord kept kept telling me is don't fear, don't fear. I'm, I'm, I'm here with you. And so there's so much out there. There are so many people who come in the name of the Lord, right? And there are people that I'm going to call it, it, it's about come to Christ and your life will be good and you will prosper. Yeah. Well, the Bible says in this world, you will have trials and tribulations. So that it didn't say that maybe it says you will. Yeah. So I think sometimes you have people out there who are talking and preaching the Christian life as if it's easy. If you look at the apostle Paul, shipwrecked, beaten. I mean, apostle Paul, it, it was not like a, a easy path, yeah. nor was it for Peter, nor was it for David. So you see that all, and God, remember Joe, look yeah. at all that happened to Joe. So you see that all these great characters in the Bible went through challenges. So you said it earlier, and I, I tend to agree, the Christian life is not necessarily gonna be just a straight path with no issues. And too much, I think now, we, we baptize people and they think, oh, life's going to be good. God's going to bless me. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be healthy. That's not always the case for all of us. Absolutely. Um, that was That's a big, big thing for me is, like I said earlier, once I came back into the faith and I felt God's presence and God's love again, and I started going to church, mm -hmm. I started reading the Bible again. Mm -hmm. And something about you know going to a Bible church at that time was that it kind of allowed me to understand the Bible in, a, yeah. in an everyday language. It was kind of like, 
dumbed down for me, if mm -hmm. you will. Um, and a lot of those stories of the Bible came alive to me because they did go through so many trials yep. and tribulations and I could relate to them yep. because I had gone through such a big suffering. And so um, I think a lot of us, you know, run away from that, run yeah. away from the Bible, run away from the word because we don't feel worthy for it. But once we get back into it, we're like, wow, these people are just like us. Yeah. yeah. And then we, you know, I don't know about you, but I watched The Chosen. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know if you guys have watched that, but that's a new show that's out. And it's so beautiful because it puts um, it puts it on TV. The Bible comes alive in a TV show type of form. And it, it's like everyday characters in the Bible are just mm -hmm. like people like, like you and I. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was I was able to kind of relate to them yeah. just like I was going through mm -hmm. that whole journey alongside with Christ. And so I just love that. I love that today we can commune with him and he can show us the way and every day Every day is we're able to to get more and more close to God, or we can we can make that decision. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and you you spurred a thought in my mind, and I started to think about when I got out of rehab, and I know that I needed love because you know this when you go to treatment, go to a treatment center, they give you a lot of love. A lot. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm walking through these doors. I'm going home to be with my wife, and I'm thinking. What is this going to be like? Because there's a lot of collateral damage there. And I, I want to talk just for a second about the importance of love in the home and in the family as you begin your recovery journey. Talk a little bit about that. Um, I think just having my family's love and knowing that they were there and knowing that they were never going to leave my side was mm -hmm. a big part of my recovery. Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't feel that. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to have love by your immediate family. There are people there that are going to love yeah. you. That's why you have the 12 step fellowship. That's why you have church. That's why there are other places where you can attain that love. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, I was very blessed of having mm -hmm. my family's love. And I think a lot of people forget that we put a lot of walls up during yeah. our addiction and we try to protect ourselves because yeah. that is what the human, um, the human brain is, is supposed to do. Yeah. And so I think once we just humble ourselves and lean into vulnerability and for the first time say, I am yeah. an alcoholic, uh, there's some walls that get broken down with that. And yeah. then if you talk about it more and more, you become a little bit more comfortable with it. And that's the biggest thing is to admit that you are wrong. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us don't know how to do that. And so that keeps us from getting help, right? Yeah. But if we say, I am an alcoholic, that, that breaks down one barrier. I need help, that breaks down another barrier. Mm -hmm. um, I need people to help me. That's mm -hmm. another huge thing. Once mm -hmm. you've gone through some of those things, the mm -hmm. rest becomes a lot easier to handle. Mm -hmm. And the more you talk about your suffering, the more other people will open up to you. Yep. And that is one of the big ways that God showed me love and showed love through me yeah. whenever I first got sober was he whispered in my ear, just be vulnerable with people, just be you. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did from the beginning. And so it took the shame away yeah. from the power of addiction, you know? Yeah. And when I think about it, it's one of the keys to getting off to a good start from me was, okay, emotionally probably were there challenges 
at my home, right? With me and my wife and probably a little bit with my family as well. But despite how they felt emotionally, they loved me, sure. right? And they showed that through sometimes a little bit of what I'm gonna call overprotection. We go out, hey, does that have alcohol in it? Hey, what is? what are you drinking? A little bit of that, right? You kinda gotta get used to it, get your sea legs and get used to. Yeah. Really, they're just trying to watch out and protect you because what? Because they love you. And that foundation we talk about at home. So if you have someone suffering from drug and alcohol addiction, start from that place of love. And when they get out or as they are beginning their recovery journey, it's so important to receive and know they have love at home. Secondly, you touched on the fellowship and the fellowship can be at church. It can be in 12 step. It can be amongst your new sober friends that the Lord will send you. But I remember when I first got out, if you weren't about love and about helping me stay on my sobriety journey, I just stayed away from people. And, and that's important in the beginning. You don't have to lose all the friends that you've made along the mm -hmm. way. But at the beginning, you have to surround yourself with people who yeah. are like-minded yeah. because that is ultimately going to keep you sober. Yeah the other people will come back into your life. And if they were really your friends in the first place, mm. they are going to be by your side, no matter if you're close to them at that time or not. Yeah. There have been people that have come and gone into my life where now I see what the Lord was doing. Like yeah. he was, I, I shed some of those friends that I didn't need to be with. Yeah. And I uh, maintained or developed new relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think we've talked about this before, but the power of prayer in every aspect of your life and sobriety is so important mm -hmm. because, you know, today it's like, I pray for God to, to bring me the right friends so that I can, so I can feel fulfilled mm -hmm. where before I was just feeling that with alcohol, I yeah. needed that communion. I needed that community because maybe I wouldn't have got lost along the way. Yeah. And so, um, I think a, a big part of it is just finding your people yeah. and that you can do that through prayer. You can do that through finding 12 step recovery. You can find that in treatment. You can find that in church. Um, and there's different types of people you yeah. know we don't have we're not going to have this one size fits all relationship in every aspect of our lives mm -hmm. um, but in early recovery stay close to the people that love you it's mm -hmm. very important stay close to people who are like-minded mm -hmm. and god is going to put the right people into your life and then you are or you are going to be fulfilled yeah and a part of love in addiction recovery is self-love and a part of that expression is your health let's talk about the importance of health and working out and diet so that was uh, another huge thing that was important to me because mental health and addiction you totally health and wellness <laughs> go through the wayside whenever you are given oh, your addiction yeah um you don't care how you look nope. you don't care how you feel oh, um one of the biggest things that i started doing again was working out whenever yeah. i first got sober and that produced endorphins that I wasn't getting in my addiction. And mm -hmm. um, that slowly you start to feel better about yourself. You start to have confidence in yourself again. Mm -hmm. um, that self-love starts coming back for yourself. And so 
the biggest thing is is how you feel about yourself yeah. ultimately and um emotional sobriety is important to that mm -hmm. physical sobriety spiritual sobriety it's all the pieces of the puzzle yeah. coming together um and it's it doesn't happen overnight it's going to take a long time but for us to keep telling you guys these things that we did um is so important to us because this is how we did it this is how we got sober yeah. um and it it took people reminding us all yeah. the time yeah. what to do, how to do it. Um, and, you know, sometimes I heard it, sometimes I didn't. Yeah. Hopefully you'll hear something that you need to hear today. But all of those pieces came together and into who I am today. And so. Mm -hmm. And it is so important when you begin your recovery journey to discover what I call a rhythm of living. And a part of my rhythm of living is working out and taking care of myself and expressing my self-love through ways that are not detrimental to myself or to others, but also is building me up on the inside. And a part of that is watching what I eat. You know, when I go to sleep, my wife's laughing all the time because now I usually go to bed between 7, 30, 8 o'clock. She's like, okay, you acting like an old man. I said, no. This is just a part of my rhythm of living. Yeah. And I, I want to continue to talk about this because one, some of the feedback that I've gotten from people who watch the show is, we love what you guys talk about, but continue to talk about how you and I kind of stay sober. The, the practical application of the word of God, the way we work out, um, our prayer life, these are all things, and I'm going to call them tools in ways that Sarah and I have experienced and continue to walk one day at a time through our sobriety. And what else would you add as we start to kind of close down the show? I just kind of have a checklist in my head of, of where I am on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, uh, I just started therapy again, and it's mm -hmm. because I started seeing some things that I didn't like about myself, yeah. and it was time to peel back another layer of the onion. Yeah. And so, um, and then with COVID hitting, and we mm -hmm. were so you know secluded, I just feel like I needed to um, have a new experience. And so, if you check yourself. You, you might need a new experience, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's a new season of life, whether it's you're ready to, to deal with something else that was going on besides your addiction. Um, every single day is different, I would say. And you really just need to figure it out today. Um, you know, I, I didn't feel like praying this morning and I had to I had to think about that. Like, what was that? It's the enemy telling me, don't do this or you're not going to be whole today. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to push through that and I had yeah. to just open the word and start reading. And so that's a discipline yeah. and you have to discipline yourself, whether it is working out, whether, mm -hmm. I mean, there's days that I don't want to work out, but yeah. I know that after I finish doing it, I feel better about myself. Yeah. And so that word discipline, it, it, it applies to everything, working out, uh, prayer life, um, studying, uh, emotional sobriety, so therapy, um, going mm -hmm. to talk with other friends, having coffee with other friends. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times I, I have it in my mind, like I wanna go have coffee with this person, but do I take that extra step and call the person yeah. to go have coffee? Yeah. Probably not, because yeah. the enemy will tell me, oh, they're too busy, or yeah. you know, they don't have time for you, and that is not true. Mm, that, that is so good. And, and there's a couple of things that I will kind of close this out is, Let's go back to how we started. 
that God is love. And if you don't love God, and more importantly, you don't love others, then you gotta you you have to reassess where you are in yes. your recovery and where you are with your walk with Christ. Because at, remember, the word says God is love. It's who He is. It's His very nature. It's the reason that we have life and that we have salvation and that we can be resurrected from diseases, from addictions and the trials and tribulations of this life. And as we close, do not forget the importance of love to anyone who is suffering and is in recovery at home, at church, in fellowship, and in their work that God has given them for the kingdom of God. So we will see you guys next week. And please remember, please like, share, comment, and check us out at our YouTube channel. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you.